0: Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy
1: today's episode. Here's Javier. Today, I welcome Chris Brummer. Chris is an incredible guy. I've known him for years, but what made our relationship much closer was serving in the transition team at Treasury during the 2020 presidential transition. He's currently the Williams Research Professor and Faculty Director of Georgetown's Institute of International Economic Law. He also serves on the Board of Directors of Fannie Mae, and is the creator of DC Fintech Week, taking place in the nation's capital on November 6th through the 8th. I'll get out of the way so you can listen to this incredible human being. Chris Brummer, it's been a while. How you been? I've been doing well, man. Trying to keep busy, trying to keep up with you. Uh, Well, I don't know about that. Not because you can't keep up with me, but because, Jesus Christ, your plate is just nuts. And I know to the listeners out there, if you Google Chris Brummer, and the conference he's got coming up, we'll get that. We'll get to that in a second. Is where Silicon Valley, crypto, blockchain, and Washington D.C. meet. But before we get into all that, Chris, and I know you love to talk, <laughs> and I know that you have your own podcast, which is incredible. Tell us your story in seventy-two seconds. Your floor.
0: I love that you said seventy-two. So, um, all right, Chris Brummer, name, rank, serial number. Uh, I'm a professor over at Georgetown. Uh, where I teach financial regulation, um, fintech regulation, um, financial services, you name it. Uh, You know, I'm a guy from Arkansas who, uh, you know, uh, found himself one day over at a large law firm over in London, uh, was introduced to this thing called international uh, sort of financial law. I come back, uh, wanted to be a professor, was really interested in the world of ideas, uh, was lent off to the SEC. Uh, during uh, 2008, financial crisis kind of hits. Yep. Uh, one of the issues yeah. that I saw when I was over at the SEC, again, this is when I was actually a professor over at Vanderbilt, Was I was on loan, was this thing called credit rating agencies and people uh-huh. shorting uh-huh. shares on different exchanges in different parts of the world. And then I, got into, I fell down this trap and this really interesting great world of international financial regulation uh, and like how do regulators deal with financial tools, products that are trading across borders. Uh, fast forward, some of those same questions started to come to light in the fintech space, um, and culminated in this world of, of cryptocurrencies, because you have inherently digital assets being traded all around the world. And you know, I, I was very involved in ca- trying to think through, like, what are the different ways in which you can deal with those regulatory issues? Yeah. And in be- And in between there and then, you know, as you said, I, I, I kind of help out different kinds of companies. I advise different kinds of companies. Sometimes I'm a little bit of a, uh, a psych, psychiatrist, I think, for for the industry. But I also talk all the time to regulators and offer my thoughts to them as well, in terms of like, how do they grapple with um, emerging technologies?
1: And a remarkable just path, Chris, and your plate. And we actually also happen to have served in the Last presidential transition at Treasury Absolutely. dealing with trillions of dollars. Um, let me, I mean, and a pandemic. Uh, and oh, a yeah, pandemic. I forgot about the fact that we were doing it all on our computers. Um, yeah, um, yeah, but it's you know, COVID is something I want to kind of forget, even though we can't because it's still around. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about you know, the biggest story sadly is the complete train wreck that was <laughs> SBF and F- FTX and all that stuff. Um, just from a it's all over the news, but just from your perch, where was the biggest failure?
0: I mean, so I think that we're still learning all the all the details about that particular case, but i I, I do mm-hmm. want to remind folks like you know, there are things that were happening earlier with Terra Luna, um, mm-hmm. you know, certainly the SEC has identified more than a number of, um, you know, uh, fraud cases that that they're trying to pursue, the CFTC as as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've, I've just sort of, um, y- you know, I, I look at a number of things. Uh, you know, you had mentioned earlier that I've been out west, um, I'm a professor out, out east, and if you're in DC, you obviously run up to New York all the time. And mm-hmm. I always make this joke that when it comes to fintech and crypto or anything else, you know, in the tech space, California makes it, New York trades it, and D.C. regulates it, and none of them like each other, <laughs> right? And, and, and by the way, you know, like they don't really necessarily understand each other very well either. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I think that – and, you know, this is even predating crypto. Even when you get into some of the sort of, um, you know, habitual big tech issues once they run into certain kinds of regulatory buzzsaw, so even let's say the 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 Libra experience, is, is that – Whenever you move from, um, for lack of a better word, an unregulated industry, so I'll use Libra just because it's the easy example, you know, when Facebook, you know, if you're going to move from, let's say, social media, that's relatively unregulated to, say, payments and currencies Uh which is like the most regulated thing in the world.
1: Yeah, it's people's money. It's people's money. It's other
0: people's money. When yeah. i tell my students like whenever you deal with other people's money there's usually some kind of law or regulation or something lurking in the background even if you don't see it immediately yep and and it and, and i think you know uh moving from a let's call it a crypto native world into a regulator or regulation native world is is kind of hard right and so you can expect all kinds of issues to pop up not just because you don't have guardrails in place but also because those earlier industry participants may not be aware or familiar with the space now obviously you know when you get the fraud then you're you're thinking about someone who 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 wants to game the system or take advantage of the system i would say that the system itself you know, like like you look at the T1 early stages, you expect to have both more fraud, more yeah. problems. You know, later on, if you keep seeing them, then something else is there, right? Either the system is not adapting in time or the industry is not adapting. And and and, and that's kind of, you know, right now, parallel to this one case is this big question about, you know, is the industry adapting a- a- enough? And frankly, are regulators and the rules and the nature of those rules, are they adopting, are, are adapting fast enough? Yeah,
1: yeah, and you've written extensively uh, oh, yeah. in, the pop, in the popular press and journals about this, you know, if the way people use and interact with these systems, especially the ones that touch money, is so new, so should be the way we regulate ourselves. Let, let me take you to a, a higher level of abstraction for a second, and I'm sure you're going to love this because, sure. you know, you're a professor. Um this triangle you mentioned before, I love how you describe Silicon Valley, New York, and DC. It's really right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, the centers of power. You can use that same rubric. You were talking about fintech, but AI, I think, is even gonna be well, well oh, yeah. it's even gonna be more seismic. You know, the antitrust things that a lot of the big tech companies are going through.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I, I, I was joking and I was talking to some of my friends over at um, a couple of the large law firms. And I said, just when I thought crypto would create the most issues ever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> did AI. <laughs> yes. Cause, cause I, I mean, because there there are lots of unanswered questions. I mean, uh, it, you know, when you compare the two, I guess crypto is a little bit like uh, you have different infrastructure, right? You know, more peer-to-peer. You're just disintermediating mm-hmm. these regulated parties. When you get to AI, though, um, there's a lot of disintermediation that happens, but you're just not thinking of it in just the same way. And you're borrowing from different kinds of sources mm-hmm. that themselves may, you know have IP protections uh, or unclear IP uh, rules right? And then people have to reframe the way in which they think about their commercial lives to account for it. So then you have the Mm -hmm. strikes, obviously, you know, out in Hollywood, where people now have to factor in questions about, you know, name, uh, you know, and likeness and and whether or not it'll come up in in their afterlife, you know, even after they're long dead, who who drives income and everything. And I I think that AI uh, uh, sort of supercharges things because you not only have uh, lots of interesting questions about the legal questions, you know, um, if you're uh-huh. going to use AI to offer investment advice, like what do suitability rules mean in that world when it's a robot, right? And especially, and when the robot is using judgment, right? Uh, uh-huh. You know, all the way to workers, you know, almost like workers' rights kinds of questions, you know, with the uh-huh. Hollywood strike, and 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 all the way through just basic business planning, you know. I, I like you, you you know, listen to these stories about how airlines will pro- apparently do really well. Um, because of not just AI, but other forms of of of, of technology changes, you know, biotechnology changes, you know, like you have lighter weight, you know, people are taking pills and losing weight. So what does that mean for like, you know, uh, airlines and like, um, and then you're going to have to have different kinds of AI systems to probably account for, you know, dynamic changes in like <laughs> customers. But, but- But it's a bigger issue with lots of different legal questions, depending on how
1: that technology is being deployed. And, you know, Chris, it's interesting because it's sort of like a -a whack-a-mole, right? We think we know sort of where things are going to pop up. But as has been the history of civilization, we actually have no clue once the genie's out of the bottle. Like you're talking a lot about this, you know, automation and robotization of things like man mankind trying to use machines to do its work um, has happened throughout existence but now all of a sudden it's been used for knowledge work it's almost like like you know in the beginning it was kind of like what gets automated is the simple stuff now all of a sudden we're starting at the top like it's you know, education and professors and, you know, all this stuff you're talking about, all of it with legal, huge legal implications, which take me to a completely different subject, but since we only have a few minutes, because as you know, these shows are supposed to be bite-sized talks. um, You sit on the board of one of the largest companies in the world with one of the largest balance sheets in the world. That deals with one of the largest asset classes in the world. How does Fannie Mae? That's for the listeners. That's the board he sits on. How do you guys think about risk when, at, in a day like today, when when things are so, you know, the housing supply is tight and interest rates are crazy because the you know, like, just tell me a little bit how you guys are thinking about risk.
0: Well, well well thanks for that I mean so you know obviously so I sit on the board of Fannie Mae do not speak for Fannie Mae in any way whatsoever yep. but, you know Fannie Mae is a really interesting company right um you know it, it's, it's 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 literally they don't uh, originate any any loans right for for the mortgage market um uh, and they don't even lend directly to, to borrowers. but mm-hmm. you know what Fannie Mae does touches you know so many Americans uh because they end up uh purchasing um, you know, mortgage loans that are that are that are originated by by, by lenders and, and therefore they they provide liquidity uh to the mortgage market. Um, and, and it's really interesting because like you know, even if you're going to talk about like crypto and then AI and then Fannie Mae, you have you know crypto and you know you have fraud, that's a risk, but on the other hand, really neat interesting ways to process information, to memorialize different kinds of relationships. AI. You know, like uh do you end up with Skynet? And you know, like ironically, even for the conference, I have like the you know, the one of the intelligence officials talking about that. But like, you know, that's a risk, but like how can you harness it in a way that um ultimately you know helps to serve customers and sliding in a in a beneficial way? You know, Fannie Mae, it's like um not just because of the financial institution, any large balance sheet you're talking about, you know, Fannie Mae's balance sheet is what, four trillion dollars? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want to safeguard. That balance sheet and that institution, and that's naturally a question of risk. But then, you know, you you know, you, you do have like markets out there. You know, we have turbulent um, or, or or at least uncertain um, um, economic times, and and everybody has to navigate that uncertainty as a source of of risk. I do think that um, you know Fannie is is sort of in the in the business of 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 of, of thinking about risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an institution. Uh, that puts a lot of time into it. Um, it you know, I I I uh, I I have the freedom of trying to be a little bit like you and talking to institutions of various sizes, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, it throws into relief sort of the risk reward profile of say a startup. Versus a mid-sized company, versus a late-sized company, versus you know a, a really sort of important kind of key financial institution, and across that 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 spectrum, you have really different um, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, ways in which people sort of measure you know um, upside risk, downside risk, you know externalities, and 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 you know Fannie Mae is one of those uh, institutions where where you really have to. Um, be very careful about you know where where things kind of lie and 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 for me it's really fun because it's there's a regulatory element obviously it's it's a highly regulated in, institution uh, it's in Washington D.C. so you know being a you know a big financial institution so critical to homeowners and the American society in Washington D.C. is kind of but it is like you know very different from you know, like what do you think about and how companies themselves sort of think about things that are just starting their life out in the valley.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different than being on the L train in Brooklyn or University <laughs> F in Stanford. And yes, to the listeners, he does not speak for Fannie Mae. It's just an incredible... Well, first of all, Chris, they're just lucky to have uh, such an orthogonal brain like yours and such a special person
0: i appreciate it's it so
1: dynamic and uh, about the conference to the listeners look at the show notes he puts together essentially what is the largest conference uh where policy regulation fintech and tech all intersect and chris what's the name of the conference dc
0: fintech week so dcfintechweek.org i mean we have the entire regulatory community and too many CEOs to count and you know, we lock them in a room and turn off the light and see who survives.
1: Let's see who survives, Chris. That's a fun game. It is amazing to have a few minutes with you. Uh not oh, only not only am I lucky to have you, the world is lucky to have such an incredibly smart guy like you that happens to be cool and fun. So thank you.
0: Oh, the pleasure is mine. I mean, this is such a great program. I love the idea of, like, a fast-paced, thoughtful uh, podcast. Um, uh, congratulations to you, man. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.